interesting question uh, from Pokemon Crossroads. It reads, because it is the holidays, I think this is an appropriate time to ask this. What gifts would you give Ash, Rocket Trio, and his friends? The friends could be the Hoenn group or anybody. Thanks, Mikey. And though Christmas has passed, I, I do think, yeah, we're, we're still in holiday mode. And my initial thought was I would get Ash a phoenix down or a crate of them at the rate he's going. Just, you know, on-hand resurrection device couldn't couldn't hurt. I think Ash is one of those people that's like, it's kind of frustrating to try to find meaningful gifts for him, because I really do think he'd be happy with anything. Like, Pokemon training is his number one focus, so I think anything in relation to that would be good, or like trading cards of the elite four or something like basically anything related to pokemon or items that he could use with his pokemon like i think i think with ash you'd almost make him happier giving him something that he could then give or use with his pokemon than anything for himself especially when you think anything you give him has to also be able to be carted along the road or else he just has to mail it back to his mom and, like, hardly ever see it. So, like, Misty's special fishing lure, things like that are, are a good gift because, you know, he can keep them in his backpack and they're nice mementos. But there was that one episode where someone gave him, like, a piece of blown glass. And I was just like, that is not making it back to Palatown. I'm surprised if it'll live through the next episode. Also, food, I think, is a good gift for Ash. Things can be consumed, although you can say that about many of the characters on this list. Pikachu, I think, I think ketchup is a fair bet. Pikachu, too, I think is rather easy to please because, like, having possessions has really never been a part of his mindset. Because in the same way as Ash, since he began this Pokemon journey, he's been a little bit without roots. I mean, I guess we don't really know before the journey started, but since meeting Ash, like, hoarding physical objects has never been a part of his life. Anything for him to play with that is, you know, small and easy for Ash to carry around <laughs> would be good. But yeah, no, I think ketchup is probably your best bet. Pikachu would love it. Ash might not so much, because that would undo months of Ketchup Anonymous, but <laughs> yeah... For me, I think I think she's another foodie. Like gift cards to restaurants or a shopping spree. Like she might like clothes. I'd be lost if Ash was 
actually like, hey, I finally know what to do with that orange dress of mine. Here, May. <laughs> like, I don't know if she'd ever wear it. Like, this thing is so dated and it smells like you. <laughs> but <laughs> Brock might like some cooking implements or or rare spices, I think. That actually might be a great idea because they'd be small. You could get him a couple of different kinds of, of spices that, and he could carry them around without much trouble. But I think it's something that he'd really enjoy and appreciate. Max would probably like like books, thing, you know, things about Pokemon, a subscription maybe to a scientific Pokemon journal. Most of the kids wear their interests on their sleeves. Like anything to do with swimming or water sports is a good fit for Misty. Don and Serena like fashion. I know what Silen likes. He likes so many things, but I'd be scared to get him things in real life because he's such a, a connoisseur. I'd be second guessing myself the whole time. Like, this is this up to his his high standards? <laughs> I think Ash's mom would like seeds, like like flowers and gardening stuff. Like that seems to be her thing. That and exotic vacations. <laughs> and for Team Rocket, like. Can you gift wrap enlightenment? A clue? If not, food would probably be good. Food and self-help books. I don't know. With these characters, it's easy to get them something they'd like because they telegraph it so much. It's a little harder to go a little deeper and find, like, that perfect gift. With these kids' relationships to each other, it's more likely, I think, that they'd give non-physical gifts. Like, for Brock, I can see Ash waking up early in the morning and trying to set up camp and do laundry and get breakfast ready and basically just do all of Brock's chores as a really good gift. I can see Misty, like, arranging for all of Brock's siblings to, like, record a, a, a video or a phone message or something. Or Ash and Iris arranging to go by Stryton City for a few days so that Silen could see his brothers. Definitely with some variation, like Citron Clement would probably build something for each of his friends. Serena would probably bake something for each of her friends. But Bonnie would probably, like, offer to brush all of Ash's Pokemon or something. And Gary definitely would not give a physical gift. He would, he would do something for his friends, his lab mates, Ash, whoever. But he would also probably make it look like it was less a gift and just him being practical. <laughs> like, like I can see him arranging for Ash to meet a member of the Elite Four while making it look like it's really just kind of coincidence and, and, downplaying, and downplaying his role in it. He'd call Ash up like, I heard you're traveling in X city. I know a person there through research. They're running like a workshop that could really help your Pokemon. And you'd better take it, Ashy boy, because you need all the help you can get. That sort of thing. I don't know. I think a really good gift for any of these, these kids. I don't know if Team Rocket would appreciate it so much at first, but definitely the rest of them would. Would be like a scrapbook or something like that that just held memories. That would be sweet. The one thing I've not really been able to get a good idea for is what would Pikachu ever get Ash? Because I don't think we've ever seen that. Like, I think we've seen Ash giving Pikachu things or doing nice things for Pikachu. Like, Ash does nice things for Pikachu all the time. 
Like, he threw that dinner for Pikachu in the one short on the third movie. Like, he's taken Pikachu to, like, amusement parks. He's given Pikachu massages. You got Pikachu food. Like, and sometimes that's just how things between them roll. But it is much more common in the series to see Ash giving things or doing things that could be constituted as gifts. I'm not implying Pikachu is selfish because of this. Again, I think that's just kind of just how their relationship rolls. But as I think I noted in movie three, Ash had that big dinner to celebrate their anniversary and Pikachu did not get him a thing. <laughs> so if a situation came up and Pikachu felt moved to give Ash a present, I'm not sure what he would give or do or could for that matter. Because especially since I think some of Ash's gestures of affection and ways that he can demonstrate his love for Pikachu can't necessarily be reciprocated. Like, Pikachu can't pick Ash up and hug him. Scratching Ash behind the ears does not mean the same thing. And Ash's needs are a little different than Pikachu's needs, too, so... Like, I almost kind of want a fanfic about this and explore it, because now that I'm on that road, what would be the perfect gift for Pikachu to give Ash? Like, I almost think right now what comes to mind is, like, alone time. Like, for the two of them to get away from the group for a while and all the other Pokemon and just be by themselves, spend an afternoon playing just the two of them, no responsibilities, or, or you know, just sit talking together. Yeah, I think that's the best thing and maybe one of the few things Pikachu could give Ash that Ash doesn't, you know, already have, really. And going along with that thought, like, that might be the perfect gift for any of Ash's Pokemon is alone time with Ash. Like, ditch Pikachu for a few hours and come bond with me for a bit. Like, <laughs> but those are my thoughts on the subject. Like, there are probably other avenues that I've not yet considered, so if you have ideas about what really good gifts would be for the people in the Pokemon universe, write them in. Hit me up at Facebook or Twitter or on our blog page, pcappypodcast.blogspot.com. And while you're on our website, you can not only check out some of our older episodes, you can also find links to my Patreon feed where I've put up a special episode. A couple. This morning I uploaded an episode with Steven from Poke Press and we talk about the Darkrai movie and its ending themes. I'll always remember you and I will be with you together where the Lost Ones go. Which brought up the question of who are the Lost Ones and where do they go? So listen to that episode and maybe solve the question that neither of us could figure out. And definitely stay abreast of that Patreon feed because I've also been working on covering Sun and Moon episode 42 and 43. I promised I would and I'm finally, finally getting around to it. So 42 should drop later today. So definitely visit patreon.com slash professional dork or follow the link on my blog page to get more from me, more Pokemon things. For more of PokePress, you can visit pokepress.blogspot.com or find PokePress on YouTube. But I think at the moment, this exact moment, you're all here because you want to know how Ash's training is going. 
Because this is Pikachu Podcast, your Pokemon anime podcast that goes off on long tangents, but is primarily here to cover the anime one episode at a time in order as best we can. And today we are on Advanced Generation Episode 30, A Meditite Fight. And let's do this. We have spent enough time with Meowth. Let's get back to Ash. And remember when Ash was doing his whole kumbaya, feel the waves, sense the flow training sessions way back uh, when this little training retreat started? We're back to doing that again, and practice does make perfect because the team has gotten pretty darn good at it. Which is good, I'm glad this is paying off, and Ash is about to get a battle challenge. A blue-haired girl in a swimsuit comes riding a surfboard and jumps onto the shore, crashing Ash's breakfast and pointing dramatically. It is not the weirdest start to a morning Ash has ever had. And I don't know if I'd call the girl a threat, exactly. She's much less skilled at that whole sense the waves and dodge it trick than Ash is. Anyway, her name is Shauna. Shauna the Battle Girl. She's Brawly's top apprentice. Remember Brawly? It's, it's been a while. He's the gym leader in these parts. Ash is training for a rematch. So that's how Shauna's heard of Ash being Brawly's top apprentice. She also claims to be his girlfriend. Brock is suspicious. She looks awfully young to be Brawly's top apprentice. It's like, dude, this is the Pokemon world. Ten-year-olds are gym leaders. Apprentice nothing. She looks too young to be his girlfriend. Really. But she's like, I challenge you. I want to battle right now. And Ash is like, I understand nothing about this situation, but okay. And then both of them are like, hey, I'm hungry. So, battles wait till after breakfast. Priorities. Shauna is ready to invite herself to the table and dig into Brock's cooking. Should fit right in with Ash and May. But meanwhile, Pikachu's spidey sense is tingling. And good for him. I'm glad someone's getting at least a vague sense that, oh, maybe we should be on guard when Team Rocket stalks us from, like, every angle. This time, they're in the Magikarp sub. I don't think Pikachu actually sees Team Rocket or the submarine, but something triggered his unease for a brief minute. So I'm holding out hope that the Torps don't get caught completely off guard by whatever's coming. I mean, when has that ever worked? But, you know. Right now, Team Rocket is actually in possession of food for a change, and they're planning to dig some hole traps when they reach land. It's a tried and failed plan, but Meowth points out that the kids are eating and they don't notice squat when they're eating. <laughs> too, too true. The years spent tailing Ash have taught Meowth at least this. Now, the deal with Shauna. She is pretty competitive with Ash. In fact, she considers Ash a rival. And she shares a lot of traits with him. May and Max note a lot of similarities. And her problem is that Brawly said he thought Ash was quite the trainer. Shauna can't handle Brawly thinking someone's better than his top apprentice, better than his girlfriend. But as she's relating all this, Ash is just like, OMG, he noticed me? Did he say anything else? Like, it's not my fault if Brawly thinks I'm great. <laughs> and the competitive nature between the two can be a little grating on the other members of the traveling party, but it does have some benefits. After all, Brock has younger siblings. He's crafty. And it's Ash's turn to do the dishes. Like, why don't you help him, Shauna? It'll get done faster. 
and just dangle the carrot of battles in front of them while pitting them against each other like chores have never been done in such a timely manner. It actually gives Brock some time to look out at the horizon and be like, Hey, Pikachu, I also sense a disturbance in the force. And it's not just because Team Rocket is being industrious. Although they are, like, they have dug the entire beach up, holes everywhere. If the twerps walk down that coast, the odds are not in their favor. But no, Brock's unease has more to do with the clouds on the horizon and the way the Pokémon are behaving. They're all kind of running inland. And I'm glad for this callback. Like, there has been a lot of episodes and one notable movie establishing that Pokemon are a little more in tune with nature than humans and can thus sense storms or stuff when nature's a little out of balance. And while it's never discredited, it doesn't always get utilized as much as it should. Not that I expect Pikachu to always be paying attention to everything, like he's got other things to do than be the team's barometer, but still... It's good to see evidence that that rule still holds weight. Anyway, Ash and Shauna go down to the beach for their battle. Bad move. It's a miracle they actually get into position without falling into a hole, but it should only be a matter of time. Team Rocket is watching and waiting. Ash sends out Pikachu, of course, though Pikachu's a little distracted by the horizon, and Shauna sends out Metatite. And the battle plays out almost the reverse of how Ash fought Brawly. Um, Ash is basically just having Pikachu dodge like like they do with the waves, conserving energy, waiting for the perfect moment, being patient and getting a feel for their opponent, while Shauna is like, attack, attack, attack. And this is working in Ash's favor. Pikachu dodges Meditite's high jump kick with all the power of a rolling wave and then goes in for a quick attack. Only to stop when they hear the voice of Brawly. So he's tracked down Shauna, Ash and company, because it looks like a Mondo hurricane is coming in, and he knows that they were hanging around this inlet, which is not exactly equipped to protect them against natural disaster. And that makes it all click in Brock's head why Pokemon were fleeing earlier, and why Pikachu was kind of distracted, like they must have sensed the hurricane. And I love how Pikachu nods, like, yeah, that's it. It's like, you liar. Don't pretend you're smarter than you are. You sensed maybe something was wrong. Maybe it's weather related at best. If you actually thought a hurricane was imminent, you'd have said something to Ash. Or, you know, one of the other Pokemon asked them why they were running. But that's not the point. The point is, we've been running all over this beach. Nobody's fallen in a hole. Poor Team Rocket. Well, the gang all has to get off the inlet to somewhere safer. It, it could end up completely underwater in the hurricane, so they gotta get to high ground. And as they go, Shauna is acting a little weird. She shuts Brock up before he can say anything about why she's there, and it seems Brawly doesn't actually know why she came down here, so... She'd kind of implied he was the instigator. Well, the hurricane comes in fast, faster than Brawly expected. They're going to have to forego civilization and hunker down in a cave until the storm passes. And they help a lot of the wild Pokemon who got caught in the rain to come along with them. But getting up to the cave isn't easy. It involves walking along a narrow path up a cliff. It's kind of scary, and now there's lightning. The crew all join hands to make it a little more secure, except for Shauna. She's Brawly's girlfriend, isn't she? Like, what's the problem with holding hands? 
But when May asks, Brawly's like, huh? <laughs> Turns out the girlfriend role is a bit aspirational and possibly the top apprentice role too. Brawly wisely is like, let's talk about all this later when, you know, death and injury aren't imminent. At his insistence, Shauna takes his hand and the group plows on. With the ground so wet, there starts to be some landslides, rocks fall, a tree becomes uprooted. Um, the gang are able to use their Pokemon to block some of it. Pikachu explodes a tree with Thunderbolt. And along the way, the gang picks up Team Rocket, who finds out that hiding in the Magikarp sub was not the best plan. And in time, they do all make it to the cave, start a fire, and hunker down. A lot of Pokemon had the idea to end up here, so it's actually pretty cozy. Except for Shauna. She, she's sitting apart from the group, and I can't really blame her, because... It's, it's been kind of an embarrassing day for her, and she cannot get away. We get a bit of the story from Brawly. He, he hasn't let Shauna be his apprentice, let alone his top apprentice, because as much as she loves battling and is good at it, she's got a bit of a short fuse. And Brawly's whole method is about patience and rolling with the punches. It's kind of like trying out for a ballet school, but you keep trying to wear tap shoes to your classes. Or, or trying out for the long-distance running team, but you only want to do sprints. Like, until you're willing to do things the teacher's way, you're kind of in the wrong place. And until Shauna learns that for herself, you know, that connecting with your Pokemon is more important than battles and attacks and aggression and winning, there's really not much Brawly can do to teach her. As for the girlfriend issue, Brawly doesn't say anything about it, but I think it's implied that he's aware of Shauna's crush and is not especially interested. <laughs> so that's where we are. Ash should know about this situation, like, some, some lessons you gotta learn the hard way. And he's like, what do you think I've been doing? I've been training out here so I can keep my cool And Brawly. <laughs> he's like, how do you think that's been going? Ash, I'm a little better, thanks. Brawly does convince Shauna to join them at the fire, as well as Team Rocket, and the gang talks about the power of nature and not fighting it and just letting it alone. Ash and Pikachu marvel at Team Rocket's inability to stay calm for five seconds. It's always a drama with them. And eventually morning comes. The storm is over, the Pokemon went back home, and Team Rocket has clocked in for work. Any previous goodwill that may have been accrued yesterday does not apply. They send out Cacnea and Saviper to fight. Ash is ready to have Pikachu take care of this, but Brawly's like, no, no, no. If you launch an electric attack in here, the walls will crumble. Which I normally would raise an eyebrow at, except Brawly saw Pikachu explode that tree earlier. He's not taking any chances. The physics of Pikachu's electric attacks are worth exercising caution over. So it's Hariyama that sends Team Rocket blasting off with basically one hit. And now Shauna wants to battle Ash one more time. And she's a bit more subdued when she asks. Ash is a bit of a brat at first. He's like, I don't know. As if there was any chance of him turning down a battle, ever. So this time, both parties are a bit more focused. Ash and Pikachu are dodging like pros. Half the time, they don't even have their eyes open. But Shauna and Meditite are dodging a fair bit too, and Shauna's got more variety and thought behind her attacks, so nice. 
Brawley comments that Shauna's been training with Meditite since she was a little girl, but she's been so caught up in winning and it's actually gotten in the way of, of her being a good trainer. Now she's letting that go a little and she and Meditite are a bit more in sync. It's changing everything. I mean, Ash still beats her, but you can see the difference. And when she loses, she's not actually focused on that loss. She's focused on Meditite. So it's a good sign. She'll continue to improve. She's in a place humble enough to learn. And she can finally see what Brawley's been talking about. That helps a lot. And with this demonstration of progress, Brawley is now willing to take her on as an apprentice. He says he works him pretty hard, but Shauna's over the moon about this opportunity. She's so happy. I don't know if her goal of being his girlfriend is going to similarly pan out, but she's more focused on training right now anyway, and maybe that's for the best. As for Ash, well, Brawley's impressed. There's a marked improvement from the last time they battled. And Ash requests the rematch he's been dying for. Brawley accepts. Next episode, we're going in, kids. I'm real excited. I love gym battles. And I'm also glad, like, this weird training thing that Ash started at the beginning of the retreat has kind of come full circle because it did feel for a bit like we abandoned it, chasing after filler. So I'm glad we kind of got a bit of an end point on where all that training led up to. I feel optimistic about Ash's chances and not just because I've, I've seen these episodes in question. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. If you'd like to comment on on Ash's battle style and his training about holiday presents that you would give the Pokemon characters or anything else, please visit my blog page, pcappypodcast.blogspot.com. And remember, you can get the special episode about the Darkrai movie ending themes and any other special episodes that are going to drop shortly um, at my Patreon, patreon.com slash professional dork. You can also contact this podcast through Facebook and Twitter at Pcappy Podcast um, or send an email to pcappypodcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening and we will we'll talk to you all next time. This has been Pcappy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. 